Good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop. I'm the executive pastor here at CIV, and we're in the middle of a message series that we've called Parenting Advice. But this series is more than just advice for parents. Uh, the biblical principles that we're discussing can be taken and applied to all areas of life. One of our values here at Church in the Valley is that we are guided by Scripture, and our goal is to make decisions in line with and, and to make personal uh, decisions to act in line with God's word. And that is why we structure our messages in a way where we're taking the Bible and, and the principles found in it and then trying to help everybody who attends be able to apply it to their life. And the Bible talks about the importance of being guided by Scripture when it says in James 1.25, but, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. The life God wants all people to experience is found in doing God's word. And as we take God's word and live it out, we find blessing from God. One of my kids recently experienced this. A while back, he was just discouraged for good reason. Just difficulties in life were piling up and he didn't want to come to church on Sunday. I know nobody ever feels that way, right? <laughs> like they just don't feel it. They don't feel like going to church. But he chose to push through anyway. And he told me later the songs were really encouraging to him that day to help him out of his discouragement. And then there was a couple other just real specific ways that he was encouraged because he chose to push through and come to church. And what he was describing was he was experiencing the blessing of doing what God's word says in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 where it says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. My son experienced this. He didn't feel like going to church. He didn't want to, but he pushed through, and he experienced encouragement that he wouldn't have gotten if he didn't not neglect to meet together, like it says in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And so we try to structure our messages in a way that they can be applied to all areas of life so that people experience the blessing that comes from living out God's word. Now, the focus of this series is on parenting, but the biblical principles we're going over, they again, they can be applied to all areas of life. Whether you're a parent or not, this series has ways that you can take the Bible and apply it to life. And today is no different with that. We've been working our way through the KIDS minivan, where the K stands for kindness, the I is instruction, the D is discipline, the S is supernatural power, and the wheels there, the two E's, are exampling and explaining. And 
We have talked about how kindness, it forms the atmosphere of the home where kids and parents thrive. But the kindness that we talked about, it can be applied to any relationship and be a blessing to it. Or think about your workplace and think about how if you operated in kindness and and you helped others to operate in kindness as well, think about the difference that could make for you at work. And so while the focus of this series is on parenting, aspects of it can be applied to to more areas of life than just parenting. And that's the case today as we move into the D in the KIDS minivan, discipline. Christ followers are instructed to discipline their kids. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. But discipline's one of those things, it's not a favorite for parents. It's not a favorite for kids. Not many people would raise their hand if I said, who likes to be disciplined? Or who likes to enforce discipline? And because discipline, it's just not necessarily an enjoyable part of life on either side of the equation, many parents dread disciplining their kids or they don't understand how crucial it is to a child's development. If we really understand how important discipline is to training, then we would see the purpose behind it and it would motivate us as parents to not give in to the dread or the temptation to just let things slide. And so we're going to let the Bible guide us this morning as we look at what does the Bible say about discipline. And we're going to start generally, and then we're going to work our way into some parenting applications. So let's start by defining discipline so that we can all be on the same page of, of what we're talking about. As you look up discipline in the dictionary, there's different definitions of of what discipline is. And so I want to make sure that we're really specific on on what it is. First of all, one of the definitions you find is discipline can be used to describe a field of study at like a university or something. That's not what we're talking about. You also hear people saying things like, man, I admire his or her discipline when it comes to handling finances. That's not what we're talking about either. What we're talking about is this definition that you find in Merriam-Webster. Discipline is training that corrects, molds, or perfects the mental faculties or moral character. There's a place in your handout where you can write that down uh, next to the word discipline in the English definition. So discipline is training that corrects, molds, or perfects the mental faculties or moral character. As you look at the word discipline in the Bible, there's a couple of words that start to emerge from the original languages that they were written in that I want to make sure we're clear on today. The New Testament was originally written in Greek, and the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew. In Hebrews 12.5, it helps us to see this, this English word discipline 
and it helps us to find it in the original Greek and Hebrew. The second half of Hebrews 12.5 is actually quoting Proverbs 3.11. So we've got a New Testament and an Old Testament verse uh, going on here. So Hebrews 12.5 says, And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. So the discipline here in Hebrews, that's the Greek word paideia. And if we go now to Proverbs 3.11, which is being quoted here in Hebrews, it says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Hebrew word there is musar, or be weary of his reproof. And so if we follow these words around to different Bible verses, you get to see that these, this word, it's translated differently based on some context surrounding the verses that it goes in. And so the word paideia in the Greek, what it's talking about there, or the most common translations, is discipline, like we saw in Ephesians 6.4. And then it's also translated to training as well. And then in the Hebrew word mursar, we see it's translated instruction and discipline. And so what we see here is that discipline is really closely connected. It's closely tied to instruction and to training. And the idea is really close to what coaches do in sports. Coaches use discipline to train their players to act in the best interest of the team. I had an experience with this my sophomore year in high school. It was our first day of baseball practice and we were having two practices. So we had one in the morning and then we had a short break for lunch and then another practice in the afternoon. Well, we all went out to lunch and then we all came back a couple minutes late. Maybe some of the players were on time, like one or two maybe. But everybody else was late. And our coach made us run sprints right after lunch because we were late. There was discipline for us in being late to practice. And this happened over 20 years ago, but I can still remember lining up and hearing, go! And we'd run, and then we'd get lined up again. And then hearing, go. And this went on and on and on. Our coach was training us. Our team's on time. Don't be late. Don't be wasting everybody's time out here. Show up on time so that we can get to work and start heading towards the mission that we're trying to accomplish as a team. And this is similar to what God does with people. Throughout life, he's using discipline to train his people. And God intends discipline to train his people towards righteousness. Hebrews 12, 11 says, For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So again, we're seeing that word paideia there, 
when God disciplines us, it's because we're not doing life his way. There's purpose behind the pain when God disciplines us. God's trying to bring us back into be to being doers of his word like James 1:25 talks about. God created life. He knows the path to the best life, and his discipline is to get us back to living life righteously. What that means is living life what's right before God. And as we do that, there's blessing in the doing. So I want to encourage everybody to think through your life right now. Are you experiencing some sort of pain that's going on in your life right now? Maybe you're experiencing a broken relationship or financial difficulties or workplace problems. Can you think of how that pain could be tied to discipline from God? Is God trying to get you back to the path of righteousness so that you can experience the blessing and peaceful fruit of living life God's way? Now, not every difficulty or pain that we experience is God's discipline on us. However, the response to having pain in our lives is similar, whether it's discipline or some something else, just a consequence of living in a fallen world. James 1, 2 through 4 describes the response that we need to have. It says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Now, the trial could be discipline that we have brought on ourselves or It could be something different, but regardless where the source of the trouble that we're experiencing, we can follow what it says to do, which is, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. God intends that the pain we experience in life produces character that is strong and steadfast, where we can experience the blessing of living life God's way. Another important aspect of discipline that we see in the Bible is that God disciplines those he loves. Proverbs 3, 11 through 12 says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. There's that word musar again. Or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves, as a father the son in whom he delights. Seems kind of backwards, doesn't it? Discipline is painful. Why does God discipline, thus causing pain, those that he loves? Well, the verse is highlighting that it's loving to discipline because the purpose is that on the other side of the pain, we can experience the peaceful fruit of righteousness that comes when we persevere get through the discipline, and and start to live righteously again. 
So Christ followers need to start to look at discipline from this this different perspective. With God's help, we can be thankful when we experience discipline. I don't mean that we choose to be thankful for the pain and in some sort of a sadistic way. Not thankful in that way. But we can be thankful that God loves us enough to discipline us so that we can experience the blessing of doing life his way in the future. So is there some sort of pain that you're experiencing right now that you need to thank God for? can ask for his help to endure through the pain and the difficulty and to choose faith in the middle of it all. And you can thank God for the good that's going to come out of that pain in the future. This understanding of discipline is the perspective parents need to bring into disciplining their children. If we discipline our kids biblically, then our discipline, it's an act of love towards your child so that they will live God's way and experience the blessing that comes from that. So what are some biblical principles for disciplining children? The first is parents are given the role to discipline the folly out of their child's heart. Proverbs 22:15 says, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline, that word musar, drives it far from them. Then Ephesians 6:4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline, paideia, and instruction of the Lord. God is our Father, and He is the example for how He disciplines His children. So our goal should be the same as his. He gives us a responsibility, and our goal should be that in discipline, we are helping our kids on the path toward the fulfilled life that God desires for them. Hebrews 12.11 says, For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness To those who have been trained by it. With the large goal in mind, parents, we need to not discipline our kids because they're doing something that's irritating us or inconvenient or just not what we prefer. That's not what we need to do. Discipline is done because they are stepping across boundaries and rebelling. That's when discipline is needed. It's important to make sure that the discipline that we are are putting forth is about the character and the behavior of our kids that that they need to grow in to be successful in life God's way. So if our kids spill something, we're not going to discipline them because they made a mistake and spilled something, but If right before they spilled that thing, you told them, you need to be careful. You need to not spill this. And then they looked at you and they thought, you think you're in charge, huh? And then they intentionally spilled it. That would be an act of rebellion. That would be not 
the character that we want our kids to have so that they can have the blessed life of living life God's way. And so that's the difference here. This goal gives us some real boundaries. It gives us some real structure to how what things we discipline for and what things we don't. It's also the loving thing to do to discipline our kids. Proverbs 13:24 says, "Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him." Love is a motivator in discipline. We want our kids to experience the best life possible, and discipline is the path towards that best life. And just like God disciplines those he loves, it's an act of love for parents to discipline their kids. In Proverbs 19.18, it provides this warning when it says, Discipline your son, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. Discipline gives a child hope to change, to turn back towards God. So we want to be faithful to discipline and love our kids through it and set them on the path towards doing God's word and experiencing the blessing of living his way. So there are many forms of discipline that parents can utilize to help their kids. And forms of discipline, they should be effective with the child and proportionate to the offense. It's the parent's choice to decide and their responsibility to decide what forms of discipline we're going to use in our family and what forms are appropriate for this offense. So there's a lot of decisions that need to be made. But there's also a lot of forms of discipline that can be utilized to help kids to learn to live life God's way. One of those forms is just natural consequences. Sometimes a child will experience a natural consequence when um, they do something you tell them not to do. When I was in high school, I had my driver's license and I was riding with my mom and she said, you're, you're too close to that car. And she kept saying, she said it again, you're too close to that car. And I thought, I'm not too close. I'm fine. And sure enough, that car slammed on their brakes. I slammed on my brakes and I tapped the bumper of that car. By God's grace, there wasn't any damage done to that car. I think there might have been a couple scratches on my car. But that was a natural consequence right there. No other discipline further was needed. I got the picture. I need to respect my mom and listen to her and not ignore her teaching and her instruction to me. There's also logical consequences. There's an example of this when the Israelites in the Old Testament, God told them, go into the promised land. So they sent spies into the promised land and the spies came back. All of them, except for two, said, there's these huge people there. It's scary. We can't invade. And so the Israelites chose fear over faith in God. And God said, okay, that's the case. Then you're wandering the desert for 40 years. And that was a natural discipline or consequence for that act of disobedience. Another way um, 
to you to that might be more applicable today than wandering in the wilderness is going to be um, if a child is throwing Cheerios on the ground, you simply take the Cheerios away and say you lost the privilege of the Cheerios because I told you not to throw them on the ground. And now you have kept doing that. Or maybe electronic devices taken away because they're not handling it the way they're they're supposed to. Things like that. Another form of discipline is physical discipline. Now, there's widespread controversy surrounding physical discipline like spanking in our current society. But in the Bible, physical discipline, it's a recommended uh, form of discipline. Proverbs uh, that we looked at, it talked about the rod, and and that's discussing physical discipline. Now, I want to be clear what physical discipline is not. It is not brutality to a child. It is not beatings. It is not damage to a child. It's a form of discipline that's painful enough to cause the child to not want to, to do that form of disobedience again. But it should not be brutal. It's not cruel or inflict damage to the child. When done biblically, the physical discipline, like the other forms that we've talked about, it helps the child to align their behavior to do what God says in the Bible so that they can experience the blessing as they walk forward in faith with God. Another form of discipline is verbal reprimand. Um, This can look differently depending on situation, but it could be a strong verbal correction uh, to correct a child's behavior, or it could be uh, just like a heart-to-heart talk with your child to help them to see just the damage that they're doing to their relationships and how they're relating or whatever the the, uh, form of disobedience is. What this is not is attacking your child or belittling them or scorning your child. That's not what reprimanding looks like. Reprimanding could be a helpful thing when done right to helping your child's behavior go towards the right way. Withdrawal is um, from something your child enjoys or perhaps a timeout. That's another form of discipline as well. The goal, again, is to pick a form of discipline that is effective with the child and proportionate to the offense. And always, we want to surround the discipline in love. Here's five steps that could help you to surround the discipline that you choose in love. The first is begin with prayer for yourself and your child. I can be so frustrated and angry when I'm heading into discipline my child and stopping and praying and saying, God, please help me help my child helps so much as I enter into that discipline. It helps me to remember the purpose. The purpose, I'm not, the purpose is not to take my anger out on the child or so my frustrations out. That's not what discipline is about, but it's about helping them to learn to obey and not be a rebel so that they can experience the blessing of God. Step number two is to explain why you are about to discipline him or her. Recap what happened. Explain how it was that they rebelled, and then ask your child, do you understand? And then after that, 
you discipline with whatever form you choose for that situation. And then finally, emotionally reconnect with your child. Give them a hug. Let them know that the purpose of the discipline is to correct the behavior because it's dangerous. Make sure they know that you're not rejecting them. Discipline is not rejecting them. It is helping them to change behavior that is dangerous to them and can cause, cause lots of future pain. So these are five steps that can really help um, to take what is usually emotionally charged time and remember the goal and the purpose. Then one last thing that I want to highlight is that discipline must change over time to match the parent's role in development. Take a look at this chart. This chart shows the child's relationship to parents, others, and self, and then the parent's role during infancy, early childhood, late childhood, and then the maturity goals that, that we want our kids to have in early adulthood. So in infancy, the parents are really, their role is more control. Um, others are isolated from them. There's not a lot of interaction that infants are, are having with other people. And the parent's role for helping the kid and their self is really discipline. So learning how um, to act in a disciplined manner. The next in early childhood, the parents are in more of a, a guidance role. For others, parents are trying to protect their kids from predators um, or keeping an eye on, on who they're relating to um, while they're still figuring out what what is life all about. And then with their self, their parents want to help them with implication. Want to help our kids to start to connect the dots themselves. When you acted this way, you really put the others first and your relationship's really good. Different things like that. And then as they move to late childhood, a parent's role is, is really choice. It's giving your kids more and more choices and seeing um, in, while they're still under your authority, are they making good choices? Helping the kid with the child with others to really be immune from others. It's really helping them to be resistant to negative influences and really developing a heart for the right things so that they can choose to, to do life God's way over and over and over again. And then for themselves, the parent's role is really to help the child develop responsibility. And the maturity goals that we're hoping, trying to move towards through all of this is um, for parents, we want our kids to have respectful autonomy. So they launch out. We want them still to be respectful towards us, but they're on their own. Another one is interdependency for how they're relating to others. No one is self-sufficient. And so we live best in teams. We want our kids to understand that and be plugged into a community. And then for the self, we want them to, to have um, grow into stewardship. How am I managing all the responsibilities that I have? This chart gives us helpful goals as, as we're relating with our kids and, and 
figuring out how do we relate to him in this stage and, and what does the discipline look like? Discipline is a part of God's training program for his people. God disciplines his children perfectly. Us parents, we're going to make mistakes. And I want to encourage you parents to clear it up. If you make a mistake with your child in discipline or, or any area, I messed up with one of my kids a while back. I was frustrated with something that they did, and I gave a harsh reprimand. And later that day, I I realized I, I probably knew right away when I did it, but it took me a while to get to the point where I was ready to clear it up with them. And I took my son aside and I said, do you remember earlier when this happened? And I said this, I, I said, I was harsh with you. And he put his hand up <laughs> to stop me. And he said, Dad, I noticed. <laughs> Then I tried to explain more and ask his forgiveness, and he put his hand up again, Dad. I noticed, almost as if to say, you don't need to keep explaining. I forgive you. He said he forgave me. (laughs) Our kids know when we mess up. And so we just need to own it, clear it up with them. I wish I was perfect when it comes to discipline or any area of parenting, really, but As far as discipline goes, I oscillate between giving too much freedom and then clamping down too harshly. The important thing is is to keep after it. Keep getting better. Keep as situations come at you time and time again. You're learning what's going to be the most helpful for your kid and helping them to learn to live God's way. Parental discipline is a part of the trading program that God has for our kids. And the goal is to discipline our kids so that they can experience the blessed life that comes from living God's way. That is what God does with all of us. And with his help, we can discipline our kids to save them from future pain and help them to experience life the way God has meant it to be. Each week we have some next steps that you can take in response to the message today. Here's some that you might want to take in response to the message. The first is to thank God for his loving correction. Repent and then set out to live life God's way. Is there something you just you need to repent of? You need to, to turn to God and say, I, I messed up. Please forgive me and help me to live your way. The second next step is to read through God's perspective on disciplining children each day this week. Take that section of the message and just read through it each day to to help you remember what's the goal in parenting? What's my role here? What am I trying to accomplish through the discipline situations that keep coming at me? And the last next step you might want to take is to practice disciplining my kids with love through the five steps this week. Let's ask God to help us to do this. God, we just come before you and we thank you. We thank you that you discipline us so that we can get back on track and that we can live lives of meaning and purpose and 
experience the blessing of doing life your way. We ask you, Lord, to help us to do life your way in our own lives, to help us to do life as we discipline our kids, and we pray that our kids would learn to grow up to do your word and experience the blessing that comes from living that way. We ask for your help to do all these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.